Welcome to 360 Conversations. This is a podcast featuring powerful conversations with female thought leaders, experts, and founders. We will be digging deep while sharing experience, insights, and tips for busy Generation X women seeking ways to strip back, simplify, live intentionally, and create space for everyday joy. I'm your host, Tammy Thomas, founder of The 360 Brand. This is episode 16, and I'm joined by Marsha Powell, founder of the boutique wellness studio, Even Grace. Marsha left her high-flying career as a human resources partner to open an inclusive, non-judgmental wellness space in Battersea, Southwest London. Even Grace provides intimate classes where participants are able to experience a high level of care and individual input from an array of highly skilled practitioners. In this conversation, Marsha and I talk about being black women in wellness spaces, the need for inclusion, our views on why people of colour and black people specifically need to engage in wellness practices on a regular basis and lots of other stuff. This is a conversation for everyone, so please don't tune out. Inclusion only works when we're all in it together. I hope you enjoy the show. Oops, before we start, at the very beginning of this conversation, I had some technical issues because I didn't put my headphones in. So please, please bear with. It only lasts a few minutes. Bye. Hello. Today, I'm joined by somebody who I really respect and admire. She is somebody that is visibly, strategically contributing to wellness spaces in a way that is authentic, inclusive, accessible. Yeah, just in a really, really beautiful way. And she has a really interesting story. So without further ado, I am going to introduce you to Marsha Powell, founder of Even Grace Wellness Studio. Um, And before I go ahead and completely wander into her territory, Marsha. Yes. How are you? I'm very well, Tammy. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Could you please tell the listeners, just in case they don't know, a bit about yourself and what you do? Okay, so I am a mother of two teenagers. Firstly, I am a sister of three other women amazing women um, and I am the founder of Eve and Grace which is a boutique wellness studio in Battersea so that's who I am. Mm. And what do you offer at Eve and Grace? Um, so we offer um, a diverse set of um, fitness classes so we do yoga we do pilates we do bar we do dance fit zumba and um on the 10th of november we are opening our treatment room um which is so exciting Mm. so i have um an array of therapists who will be um delivering or offering um holistic treatments to the community fantastic that's even great Wow. Um, So before we talk any further about um, even Grace, I know that you had a successful HR career. I did. What prompted you to leave that, venture out into 
entrepreneurialism, excuse my terrible <laughs> wording there, um, and, and what led you to starting Even Grace? Um, so seven years ago, I was in my um, career. I was flying in terms of living my dream. I always wanted to be in HR. Um, and I was very adamant that I was going to become a HR business partner. And I was successful in doing that within the organisation I was working in. Um I graduated with my master's in um, November 2010. And did you do that, that whilst you were working? Yes, I oh. did. I'd, I'd done all, all my higher education whilst working with two kids. Wow. So I did a HND degree and my master's with two kids and working full time. Um, but you know, that's my Chappelle. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, so, yes, I, gra- I, was work- I graduated in November 2010 after completing my master's. And um, on the way to um, graduation, I was sitting next to my mum, and I noticed that my mum's eyes were yellow. And um, I was like, oh, mum, your eyes are yellow. And she was like, yeah. Um, and that Monday after I graduated, um, my mum went to the doctor's. Mm-hmm. And um, was told that she had to go to A&E straight away. So, long story short, my mum was diagnosed with gallbladder cancer um, and died within 10 weeks. Wow. So, the first yeah. indication was you guys noticing her eyes were red? Yellow. I mean, yellow, yellow so sorry. She had, yeah, yeah, so she, she had um, developed jaundice, which meant that her liver, her liver wasn't functioning properly um she had um toxins within her um liver <clears throat> and yeah like i said we um we were told that she had gallbladder cancer mm-hmm. um and within 10 weeks my mum had passed away um which was quite shocked to, to all of us because you know my mum was 52 when she died mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it was 10, 10 days before her 53rd birthday wow. um, and I never envisaged me raising my children without my mum mm. my daughter was just about to go to secondary school in the September um, before my mum died um, and yeah it was just like quite yeah Soul-destroying, shocking, um, life-changing, and one of the last conversations I had with my mum, we was just talking about her life and, you know, what she she, um, was happy about, and I remember distinctively my mum saying, look, I've had 52 fantastic years and there's nothing that I would have done differently. And that really struck a chord with me because mm-hmm. I just thought, wow, that's actually quite amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, being in a place of transitioning and still holding on and being very positive and looking back and, you know, celebrating what you have achieved. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really led me to the place whereby I was like, you know what, I 
I love HR, but I don't love it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to do something different with my life. I don't want to get to 50 or 52 and feel like I wish. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's step out and do something different. So, um, sorry, so um, I, it, it sounds like yeah. your mum lived life on her own terms. 100%. That's so beautiful to hear because Marsha and I are a similar age. I'm a year older. And women of our, like, mum's kind of generation, I find a lot of women kind of had a um, put up with it kind of, oh, this is how it is, Mm -hmm. I'll make the best of it, rather than I want to live my best, if you get Mm. what I'm saying. Yeah. What a legacy. my my mum... Say so that again. I said, what a legacy. Yeah. My mum was phenomenal. I, I say that all the time. And and it's the truth. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely is the truth. Yeah. So I left my career um, to set up a charity mm-hmm. with my sisters. Um, and that's um, a charity called Believe UK. Mm-hmm. And it's very much around um, supporting girls raising their confidence and self-esteem, but also um, to give them opportunities. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I believe that really propelled me as a young um, black woman in a very corporate um, world was opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, people giving me the opportunity to step up, give me the opportunity to go back and do my higher education. Um, so Believe UK is really about giving girls different opportunities that mm-hmm. may ne- not necessarily just to come their way. Yeah. Um, so I did that um, for some time. And then, you know, becoming a little bit more conscious, health conscious. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing research and... Going around yoga studios, because, you know, yoga, yoga, yoga has become very trendy. <laughs> and I realised that I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't feel, I didn't feel confident. And I'm a confident person. Yeah. Um, being in a yoga studio, because everyone looks the same. Mm-hmm. Everyone's tall, white, blonde. And that is a bit of a stereotype. But I just thought, hmm, I really want to do something. And I know now that I don't want to be in a yoga studio. Yeah. And I've never been um, attracted or the gym has never appealed to me. And I just kind of had this light old moment of creating this space that was um, non-judgmental, mm-hmm. um, supported, um, women, diverse, in terms of the teachers, mm-hmm. but also in terms of the classes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, even Grace was born. Wow. So, um, yeah. Eve and Grace, you talk a lot yes. about Grace. And um, one of the things that I mention over and over and over again when I'm talking about you is about your, um, I think it was 30 Days of Grace you did. It might have been, yeah, 2017 or 2016. It was. 16. 
Yeah, right. Yes. And I remember at that point in time, I was really trying to figure out what it was I was doing. And I, mm-hmm. instead of sticking with something, I was like, I just kept changing, changing, changing. And I remember mm-hmm. your stories about grace. And there was something that you said, it, it was something about being resilient, but it wasn't that kind of, yeah, you got to push through kind of thing. You were like literally <laughs> saying, I'm exhausted. This is terrible, but I'm still showing up. I'm still here. How yeah. do you do that? You've got children. You work really long hours. You're often the first person in I your do. studio. You're often the last person to leave. You're yes. welcoming people as they come in. How how do you do that? Um, the, the first thing I always do is I make sure I go to bed early. So I recharge. Um, and my bed is literally my haven. It's my, my, re, my I would say it's where, where, where my kryptonite is. So, um, I just use that as my grounding place. And as long as I can be grounded, <laughs> um, I can always get up and go. Literally, it's sleep. Wow. And I don't sleep long, but I sleep early. Yeah. And I don't fight sleep neither. And that's it? So when I'm tired, yeah, when I'm tired, I go to bed. Yeah. Blimey, Nora. And that's, <laughs> that is just really how I recharge myself. Yeah. Um, but in terms of personality, I have got a very determined personality. Whereas, if there's something I want to do, Tammy, there's nothing that's going to stop me from doing it. And I, I've got a friend, um, and he always says, "I remember you've always, from when we were young, you've always had a plan, and there's nothing that you've you got to do that you've not done, and wow. that's quite amazing." That's a really beautiful personality trait to have. But with that, actually... Yeah, it's hard work sometimes. It can be hard work, but Mm -hmm. you know when you've got a plan and you think to yourself, this is what I want to do, I'm setting out, I'm going to do it. How Mm -hmm. do you know when to stop? Because sometimes we have an idea of a plan, but actually that plan isn't our plan. Yeah, when it it no longer feels fun or when it no longer feels it's a part of you, Mm -hmm. that's when you've got to stop. Mm. Yeah, that's That's interesting. Yeah. If if, if, it's the everyday joy, hey! (laughs) (laughs) Then you've got to stop. You've got to stop. Yeah. Yeah. I like that yeah. you said that, you know, because when I think about when people talk about hustle and all of that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. I think to myself, mm-hmm. there's a lot of time that people, they actually call it being on their grind. If you're grinding away, it's, yeah. it's, it's like you're chasing something. And whilst I'm not by mm-hmm. any means saying that things fall in your lap, I do not believe that at all. Sometimes when you're chasing, you're so in love with the chase, you forget that that thing's no yeah. longer attractive anymore. Yeah, correct. It's really interesting. Correct. So correct. you um, talking yeah. about the, the um, 30 Days of Grace and you called your studio Even Grace. What does grace yeah. mean to you? Okay, so grace means a combination of things, mm-hmm. actually. So grace means 
forgiveness, peace, and just being. That's what gratitude means to me. That, I, I paused because all of those words... And I'm probably projecting a bit because I'm really getting my head around vulnerability. All of those words uh-huh. are quite vulnerable emotions. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What has the vulnerability uh-huh. of grace taught you? That you have to be prepared to be vulnerable and listen to your inner voice because it will always guide you Mm -hmm. to greatness. It's when, for me, whenever I don't listen to me, my voice, things never go right. Gosh, drag us all. When I take time out, (laughs) (laughs) when I take time out to be still, ah, like, when I, when I realise, oh, the answer is being still. Mm. Like, be still and all the answers will come. But, Marsha, can you be still? That was just... Uh, that's why... I, did you hear me? My bed <laughs> is my... Yeah, my bed is my place of stillness. Okay. So, I, I spend a lot of time on my... And that's where I get my creative flow, that's where I, you know, do my reflection, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I spend a lot of time on it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like mm-hmm. my bed too. It is a place of creation. So I have to have a notepad by the side of my bed so that anything that bubbles up, I can note it down because I have so many ideas that come, um, if I don't catch them, they go. Um, so, yeah, I relate to that about the bed, but I really do need to work on getting to bed earlier. So um, I just want to take a step back just a little bit. Um, you talked just now about the untimely, really shocking loss of your mum. Yeah. I just wondered... Um, how this experience, this sort of life-altering trauma, shapes you as a woman and how it served you as an entrepreneur? Okay. So, what I would say is, death is something that you're never prepared for. Um, and I think death of a parent is even more shocking because, you know, my mum is all, all that I really knew mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, she was the person I'd go to all the time. She was the person who made me feel confident, built me up. You know, everything you see of me is because of her. Mm. Um and the realization that I would, you know, no longer have that backbone that reassured me <laughs> whenever I was going to do something that, you know, in other people's opinion might have been quite big. Um, it felt quite scary. Mm. Um, however, 
it wasn't until I think it was last summer I realised what I had done after my mum's death is I filled myself up with lots of busyness. So um, I kept my feeling busy, so it was kind of like I was running, um, so that I didn't have to actually acknowledge that my mum was no longer here. Mm-hmm. So I was doing all these great things, like people were like, oh my God, it's so amazing, Marsha, you know, built Believe UK from scratch. Mm-hmm done some amazing things and you know but what I wasn't doing I wasn't mourning mm-hmm. I wasn't dealing with my loss mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. Um, and it hit me it hit me last summer when I realised that well actually what I'm actually doing is filling the gap with busyness mm-hmm. um, and realised that I was actually getting really tired mm. from the running and you know even in terms of raising my children I was finding it quite hard actually I'll be really honest my children's dad lives in another country mm-hmm. um, and I didn't really feel the impact of him not being here because my mum just filled that gap yeah it's <laughs> the, 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 the I didn't feel like a single parent mm-hmm. because my mum would pick them up. If I couldn't pick them up on the weekend, she'd have them. Mm-hmm. And I realised, you know, the, 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 the troubling and the difficult times of your children's childhood, like, I felt quite alone mm-hmm. because mum wasn't here. Mm. Um, but, you know... I've had the best seven years of my life, I can honestly say, since my mum not being here. And it sounds quite weird, but, you know, my mum's death has given myself and my sisters loads of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if my mum hadn't died, would I be an entrepreneur today? I don't think so, mm. I'll be honest. Mm. I don't. So, you know... Her legacy has given me an opportunity to be brave and step forward and do things that I've wanted to do and live on my own terms um, and be a little bit financially stable. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's been a good seven years. Wow. And how has that translated into who you are as a business owner? my mind I just always and then it's not even just as a business owner nothing is forever mm. so live in your moment and enjoy your moment mm-hmm. as they come mm-hmm. you know you can you can forecast for next year but what if next year never comes you know you yeah. can plan to do this big thing but what if it never comes mm. I think that's why it's really important. Um, like sometimes I um, grapple with the concept of um, gratitude because sometimes you don't feel like being grateful because we're human beings. But now, when I feel like that, even more, I force myself 
to think of something because um, I know it's going to sound really cliche, but sometimes you just got to work from the place of actually I woke up this morning. The sky is blue. It's cold outside. My radiator's on. I've got things to be grateful for. And sometimes we forget all of the wonderful things because we're thinking about the next, the next, the next. So, yeah, or, or, or even in a place of lack, yeah, rather than it's normal, you have. Sorry, say that again. So, sometimes I think what we operate in, in is a place of lack rather huh? than focusing on what you have. Listen. You were just talking about people operating from lack, and um, that's really interesting. I was listening to a um, um, Marianne Williamson delivering a keynote speech somewhere, and she was talking about the fact that the human condition um, is like we're built for struggle, but actually true godliness, and I'm paraphrasing here, comes from love. It's not about lack. So somewhere along the line we have um, decided and we have um, projected that humanity is struggle when actually that's a choice we make. We can make it very different. Now, I'm not saying that as a blanket statement because you and I, as black women growing up in, you know, England, in the Western world, it doesn't even matter where we are, you and I growing up as black women in this world know that there are some choices we are unable to make because of systems that have been built to oppress us and for us not to thrive. But generally speaking, day to day, in the way that we move through the world, I totally see lack everywhere and people that could thrive and I'm not saying this as a judgmental um, thing because I am in that mode and working my way out myself but we have the mm-hmm. tools to thrive but we continue to survive because that's a horrible comfort zone we dwell in I agree it's I mad agree. So thinking of that, actually, you talk about um, even grace and uh, what I'm picking up. Are you there? I'm here. Oh, sorry. Um, what I'm picking up from um, what you're doing is that your intention is for people to come to your studio, be able to be free to engage in some practice without judgment. Correct. So thinking about that, you and I, on a number of occasions, have talked a lot about black women in wellness spaces. Uh Yes. Aside from what you do, and you indicated earlier on, what are your thoughts about inclusivity in wellness like in the wellness quote unquote industry. So my thoughts are the wellness industry has mm, it, it's become quite exclusive. Mm-hmm. And with that said, and I don't necessarily think it's intentional. Um, 
as a black woman, you can feel excluded in the wellness world. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just use a yoga studio as a good example. Yoga derives from India. When you go to a yoga studio, you don't see many Asian women doing yoga. Mm. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, and as a black woman, when I go into a yoga space, um, you can feel intimidated, intimidated because we are different to the typical person who practices yoga. Mm-hmm. We are curvy, um, which is one thing. So not all of the um, positions are suitable for our body shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can sometimes ostracize black women in that space. And I've heard stories, real life stories of black women going to a yoga class and the teacher not being able to give them an adaptation to a pose which has then led them to feel uh, that it wasn't like made for them. They, they weren't belong. even considered. Yeah, don't belong. Yeah, don't belong in that space. Now, we're, just, we're only talking about yoga mm. at, at this present time, and wellness is not just about yoga. Um, but I think. That. Sorry, it just broke up. Um, Can you say that again? Hear me. Yes. Hear me. Hear me. Yeah. Hear me. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, that example is is just about yoga, and wellness is not just about yoga. Mm-hmm. I I feel that as as black women, we need to create spaces that we feel comfortable in, but also we need to show up for ourselves. I was going to ask you something along those lines. What do you mean by that? (laughs) What I mean is, if you like yoga, find a space that you feel comfortable in practicing yoga. Mm -hmm. If, for example, even Grace is owned by a woman of colour, and I have zero black women come to my space <coughs> now <coughs> one could <laughs> um, to practice in my space mm. you know obviously I, I always invite um, my um, fellow colleagues um, like yourself Tamu to my space but I'm talking about practice yeah. have membership yeah. in my space now one could argue well Marsha you're in Lavender Hill you're in Battersea You've got to look at your demographics. Black people live in Battersea. Mm. However, I, I also have to take into account that, you know, the pricing structure of a boutique um, studio can sometimes outprice um, a certain demographic. Mm-hmm. Well, but elements again, of that... Because I, I was, we we met on Saturday, and um, somebody yeah. that we were with talked about the fact that one of her friends opened up and shared that she actually wasn't prioritizing wellness. She was prioritizing right. 
um, immediate gratification and material goods that so it was mm-hmm. something that could be acknowledged and I wonder and this isn't about making excuses I wonder if because of the systems and power structure in which we navigate in the world full stop I wonder if sometimes often because lots of people do it but I wonder if particularly within black communities whether it's you know Africa Caribbean Latin America wherever whether we're still caught up in not having therefore when we do have we want people to see it whereas investing in a wellness studio that's internal whether it's movement whether it's some kind of like talking therapy it's it's not immediate and it is internal do you get what I mean yeah I do I do yeah I think it is about where we place certain things so Mm -hmm. where do we place our health on our priority list do we do we place our health on our priority list high up when we don't feel good I think it's tricky because we're taught to push through and we're told that we're strong and we're told that we can manage and (laughs) we're told that slowing down is lazy. So even if you're ill, you're dragging yourself around because you don't want to fall into the trap of a negative stereotype. I agree with you. However, we need to change that Mm. because um, what I see is in order to manage your mental health, you need to do exercise. Mm. You need to do something that gets your heart racing. You need to get, do something whereby you are ensuring that, you know, the the indoor things are able to burst mm-hmm. out so that you feel great. Um, it's really funny. Today I did um, box fit and I've not done it. That's before. hard. I, oh, my gosh. But I felt so great afterwards. And I thought to myself, no, Marsha, you need to start pushing yourself, actually, to do more. If you want more women of colour to do more, maybe you need to show them yeah. that this can be done. Yeah. Period. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lady, actually. She's based in South London. I'm going to um, introduce you, if you don't know her already, via Instagram. Her, in, uh, her Instagram handle... I think it's Ngozi official and she does Mm -hmm. she does she's very very active and she is not Mm -hmm. interested in excuses and I was watching her stories and one day I just thought Tamu you are sitting down watching this woman work out (laughs) you are looking at her body and her strength and you're like yes that's what I want but you're in bed with popcorn (laughs) (laughs) yes so I went to the gym I didn't feel great afterwards immediately I actually felt like that wasn't worth it but Mm. a few hours later that's when I got my boost and the following day yeah yeah definitely and and, you know like I said I'm guilty of that I'm guilty of that I run a studio and very rarely do the classes because I'm doing the running of the studio and today I was like 
No. You actually need to take some time out for yourself and you need to train. Yeah. Because what was this, this, what was this all about? You know, be the change you want to see. That one, isn't it? Oh, Marsha. It's so easily... Actually, let me just be quiet because I'm already creating an excuse. Um, and <laughs> what you're saying about us needing to show up, actually, yeah. um, another thing that we were talking about on Saturday, if you look at the natural hair movement and how mm. that kind of was a pebble that rippled out and caused really big waves, if yeah. more of us are showing up and showing out... Mm-hmm and mm-hmm. it's because it's the full package you know you came to my retreat and the, the the purpose of structuring the retreat where there's a combination of inner work and outer work is because mm-hmm. in the words of Oprah what I know for sure is that mind body mm-hmm. and spirit are connected mm-hmm. and if you're not looking after those domains one mm-hmm. if you're, you're going to be lacking in all of the domains really and I'm not saying that yeah. everybody has to go and take Correct. out a gym membership or start jumping up and down in the street every morning at 5am, but we do need to be a bit more mindful, especially as we get older. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So even grace is a, a space that is for everybody. It's an inclusive, mm-hmm. non-judgmental space. You have just mentioned that Correct. even though you've created it to be that way, you don't have the foot flow of black women coming in in the way that you'd hoped. Um, mm-hmm. what, what are your views on wellness spaces, whether they're physical, virtual or whatever, that are created specifically for black people? Like, do you think there's a need and why? Um, I do. I think sometimes there has to be... Um, a level of consciousness um, brought to the market mm-hmm. in the sense of okay there is an issue and sometimes to solve the problem it, 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 it's needed for like like and like mm-hmm. to be in that space for so black people to be in a space whereby they are growing together mm-hmm. um, through through the solution so it's that whole thing we're not going to stay in the story what we're going to do is we're going to work together to thrive Mm -hmm. we're going to work together to go through the solution so for example okay we know there's a problem whereby black women or women of colour do not tend to train Mm -hmm. now I have teachers who are women of colour which means they do train. We mm-hmm. do have a proportion of, you know, women of colour that train. But in terms of a large proportion, it's it's not there. Mm. We don't see it, or mm. we're not seeing it. Mm-hmm. It's not vis- It's not. It's not visual. Um, so sometimes I think you 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 build strength, um, in numbers mm-hmm. or with numbers, and sometimes what we need to see is oh. Oh, so you you do yoga. Oh, so you do Pilates or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Pilates. Yeah, but then it becomes a norm because everyone's like, okay, cool. I want to be a part of this party. Yeah. So it's about influence. Yeah. So sometimes we need to have the space whereby it is for people of color, so we can influence each other to want more, mm. to do better, 
Um, and do you know what else? Same language. Talking the same language. So um, Rhea Clark, who's on Instagram as the Dr. Mummy, she collaborated mm-hmm. with us um, on Motherhood Reconstructed to deliver yeah. a workshop on pregnancy and birth um, at Black Girl Fest a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. that was really interesting was listening to all the facts. So forget culture, forget stereotype, mm-hmm. forget urban legend, all the facts mm-hmm. that are related to black people genetically. So mm-hmm. there are some things that we are more um, likely to be impacted by. And there are some things that you only are impacted by if you are of African descent, for example, sickle cell. Mm-hmm. So she was talking about yeah. how these sorts of things manifest in pregnancy. And then mm-hmm. I was looking at a post she put on Instagram and we were talking in our workshop about a lot of the information about how systems impact people of different ethnicities tends to be based on research done in America. There isn't that much done over here. Mm -hmm. She found something about um, pregnancy Mm -hmm. and birth in the UK and she quoted statistics about the experiences of women of colour and it was like a, um, it was like a, triangle with black women being at the bottom in terms of the Mm -hmm. likelihood of death during labor because Mm -hmm. of not because of the genetic things that we're predisposed to but because Mm -hmm. of attitudes within the health system and Mm -hmm. a person commented um she was from what i can work out a white british woman Mm -hmm. and she commented this is terrible but i also had a terrible experience Mm-hmm. And the reason that I think that there are times and places where there need to be safe spaces created mm-hmm. specifically for mm-hmm. black people in the same way that there are time and spaces where there need to be specific places for women, for LGBTQ, mm-hmm. for yes. disability, is mm-hmm. that because conversations about race and racial injustice make Mm -hmm. people feel so uncomfortable and because the um 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 um, default position can be guilt which then leads to defense my words about my experience get lost in your whataboutery because what you don't realize you're doing is justifying the mistreatment of me because you had one experience or because you feel bad so because of those things I do think that there are times and places where it's necessary for it to be people that have had not the same but similar experiences because it's less likely that somebody who's experienced similar to me will try to shut me down with what about if only you have you considered because it's not real for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so tricky. It really is. And, and the frustration yeah. of mine. So with three six with 360, automatically I am dealing with or I am providing an alternative to what I see in wellness spaces because Mm -hmm. my experience is similar to yours that it's quite elitist it's quite um Mm -hmm. European it is quite um 
middle class um yes. and so there are so when people see that over and over again they automatically assume that it is not for them not for because them. of what's being yeah. seen so I'm very keen not just on representation ethnically but also in terms of age because when you look at wellness everything is millennial and actually yeah. all of us need to be well we all need to be looking after ourselves but something that really, really, I'm looking, I'm looking all the time. I'm just not seeing black women in wellness in the UK, particularly not black women who are, let's say, 35 upwards. Mm. I just think, mm. you know, we, we, we all do, we all forget the table because the table's rubbish. The, the table is mm. archaic. We don't need that table. But. I think that we all need a seat at the cosy chairs of the beautiful coffee table. Yeah, correct. Or what we need to do is we need to, when we, when we find that, that woman or the women, we need to shout them out so yeah. that other people can, can, can connect with yeah. them. Because, like I said, the power is within numbers. Yeah. And... We need more role models um, so that we can change the narrative. Mm-hmm. At the moment, the narrative is just one, one way. Mm. But this is this is this is about the intrinsic. Um, it's about intrinsic wellness. It's about you know us breaking the current. Um, chain of we don't run we don't go to the gym we mm. don't do yoga mm-hmm. we you know black women don't because of their hair because of this but, <laughs> you know it's just like we do we need to we need to change the habits yeah and behaviors yeah it's like that cliche isn't it be the change we want to see yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, it the is. other thing as well, that I think it's really important that we have women like you um, and women like me and the women that mm-hmm. we have linked up with is because mm-hmm. sometimes, whilst I'm saying that there are times when there is a need for there to be safe spaces for black people because of, you know, mm-hmm. prejudice and all of that stuff, equally, we need to show up in the quote unquote mainstream Mm -hmm. because I think that we need to dispel this notion that if a black person is leading a class, that class is then for black people, like other people Mm -hmm. of other backgrounds can't learn and appreciate and share with something that is being Mm -hmm. delivered by a person of colour, whether that is a person of, you know, an Asian black, um, Asian background, a, 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 a African Caribbean background or whatever. Um, if we really want to be ex- inclusive, mm-hmm. we shouldn't, in- and we, I'm talking about society in general, mm-hmm. shouldn't in- exclude ourselves because mm-hmm. of appearance. Yes, what you said earlier, actually, none of us should exclude ourselves because of what things look like. Mm-hmm. And if you have a very real experience, like people not being able to teach you because they haven't learned your body shape, then we should mm. be challenging that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, with regards to even grace, one of the things that I, I absolutely love, even though I do not have, you know, women of colour come to my space, what I do have is women 
who and 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 99.99 are white women mm-hmm. who come to my space and I do have a diverse set of teachers mm-hmm. um, and they enjoy their class they enjoy the space you know they appreciate even grace they actually appreciate Marsha you've created a beautiful space mm. and I love coming here and I love your teachers like one of my one of my favorite teachers Didn't love her class. Sorry, it went totally blank. You said one of my favourite teachers and then it went blank. Okay. One of my favourite teachers is Dee. Her name's Dee, Daisy. Mm -hmm. Um, And she teaches dance fit. And the ladies love her class. They love to come and shake their booty and just have fun. So that within itself just demonstrates that, you know, these women have no barriers yeah. to um, this is a black woman teaching me I'm not interested, no this is someone who's absolutely good at teaching I love her class and when I leave here I feel great so the need is there the need is there we just all yeah. need to show up show up that is what it is we need to show up but you know, yet again if you go to a gym, I think you will find a large proportion of, um, you know, a bigger proportion of black women at, in the gym. Like, I have an, an aunt, and she's always in the gym. Um, so maybe it's just the boutique spaces yeah. that we are not showing up in. And I also wonder how recent the research is because I did see somebody quote this um, on social media recently about black people, black women not um, exercising um, proportionately as much as people of other backgrounds. My gym, but also I know where I live is very diverse, so my gym would Mm. be full of um, people from all different backgrounds. But I do wonder when that research was done, how that research was conducted um, because some things are quite outdated and if the people don't know which questions to ask then the yeah. um results could be quite Answers. skewed yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. so but, sorry go on but, but just pausing on that because you know obviously when you're conscious when you're conscious of something and you are operating within um a particular world um you see right and what i see like I see, I see lots. Clap on Common, I use Clap on Common as a really good um, um, place. I see lots of people running, lots of people running in mm-hmm. the morning, mm-hmm. all white. I was, I was driving one morning and I saw three black women running Clap on Common. I literally had to stop my car, <laughs> say, sisters, I applaud you. And they were like, wow. But it, it was like, oh, my God, three black women yeah. running. I never see this. And I, I, I drive around the common every day. Wow. And I never see it. So, you know, it's, yeah. But there's something there that needs to be explored further. And I, and I, I do firmly believe that, and this is why I talk so much about um, thriving and positive mental health and all of that, I I think that there are so many of us, like if I think about the women that I know and if I think about 
the women that you have connected me with via your um, wellness um, studio, there are a lot of us who are doing well, more than the media and whatnot would have you believe. But those beliefs are still very deeply entrenched. So I think some people don't even realise that they're ready to thrive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, but I think that's because if you, don't, if you don't know what it feels like, you don't know what it looks like, how will you know that you're ready? Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Marsha, I think I'm going to try to go to the gym tomorrow now that you've said that. <laughs> have to give it a go gosh yeah yeah yeah, you're not going to see me running around any common of any description because my knees can't take the running anymore um but I do love a rowing machine but you know what one of the things that I would say to any woman out there you need to find a class that makes you feel happy yes makes you feel that you just need to get there yeah even when you feel tired that class is calling you yeah because that's your class that do you know i haven't found anything yet but what happens is i no actually i really like weights i get okay. to a point where my body craves it's going to sound really almost masochistic where my body craves that delayed onset muscle soreness that tells me I've done something. I, okay. I, I really, I feel like, yeah, I've done something then. And when I get to that point, it's on. But once I fall off the wagon, gosh, that, that, that's absolutely it. And um, also, um, if you've got people to do it with, you don't necessarily have to be chatting all the time whilst you're there because that's something that does mm. my head in. But at least you kind of have that camaraderie. Yeah. And I guess that's what they get if they go to a boutique wellness studio because yeah, you probably yeah. have similar people showing up all the time and people then make friendships. Yes. It's a great place to build a community. Great place. So tell me, people walk into Even Grace, describe the Even Grace experience. So I set my intentions really clear with regards to Even Grace. So I wanted it to be a space that was very welcoming. Um, And in terms of energy, like, just good energy. And it's really funny because people come into Even Grace and one of the first things they say is, the energy feels really, really calm in here. I love the energy in here. Yeah, it's very serene. yeah, but it's quite bizarre because maybe two, three years ago, I wasn't talking about energy. I didn't, you know, mm, energy. Mm. Oh, what was that? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, coming to Even Grace is just, just a space that you can just slow down, reconnect with yourself. And just be you, mm. you know. And that's my that's my motto, um, because I've made sure that I've got some fantastic teachers that are welcoming, that are diverse. So everyone's going to find someone at Even Grace that looks like them. White, Asian, Black teachers, I have them. Body shapes I've well, seen from yeah, your videos. Sure. You've got different body yeah. shapes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you know, 
there's no perfection at even grace. Mm. It's real people wanting to support you in starting, continuing, strengthening your practice, whatever that practice is. If I didn't live in Narnia, I would be <laughs> at Eve and Grace. It's such a welcoming... It's like an oasis. You're on a high street. Well, it's like, you know, it's a little high street. And you walk mm. in and that just disappears. It melts away. Mm. So you have to be very active. Your bed is your sanctuary. And you talk about that. Yeah. It sounded like it's a place that you visualise. You do the whole shebang. What other practices do you engage in that are... Because you were talking about... Um, today you decided right that's it I'm going to take part in the boxercise or box fit class what other practices do you engage in so that you're being of service to yourself I meditate I meditate that's like yeah that's my my thing between meditating and praying that is my thing um I do lots of guided meditation. Mm -hmm. um, Louise Hayes, um, uh, what's it called? She has a series of meditation, guided meditation. If if ever I feel cranky, if I feel, I just put it on, breathe and meditate. And anyone who's been anywhere with me, when I meditate, I go in a very, very deep snoring, relaxation and that's what I need wow it, it, it I think it just enables me to just rebalance actually I've witnessed it you know. <laughs> 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 yeah but you know but I can hear myself yeah and it makes me feel like okay cool I'm actually relaxing yeah because in a bit Sometimes sorry I lost that. all of that um, sorry yeah, you me. said because um, being a business owner being a mother of two and having sisters sometimes you can be on the go consistently mm. and you know, me having time to just reconnect rebalance um, is so important so important what about when so, you're feeling really like oh my goodness I'm headed towards burnout what's your sort of go-to just be still sleep mm. that's you know I I don't sleep for long but I sleep when I'm tired mm-hmm. like my, my, my sisters will tell you I will go out raving and if I feel tired I will sit in a corner and I'll go to sleep <laughs> Right now. With the baseline pumping. I'm telling you, my sisters, all, <laughs> they're always like, are you going to fall asleep? I wonder I if that's a Leo tired. thing. I, I think it is a Leo thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> my friend is like that, yeah, but she's never thing. sleeping though. We'll be like, come yeah. on, babes, I'm not sleeping. Babes, you are. Because <laughs> you guys are so busy. I think it is in the mm, I, I think, think so. Is, I think but, so. But yeah. So you yeah, left a long-standing, established career 
that you worked your way through and not just you worked hard in terms of your um, day-to-day career, you actually did academic, high-level academic study within that. What three tips would you give people that are considering leaving an established career to start a business or make their side gig their main gig? Um, always ensure you've got a plan. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. So transition is really important. Um, and two plans, a financial plan and, a, and, and an actionable plan. Yeah. Because being an entrepreneur, do not ever get it twisted. It is not easy. Mm. Um, and unless you've got a huge cash flow, your cash will flow one way mm. sometimes. Um, and that can be quite stressful in itself. So that would be my first. So make sure you've got a plan, financial and actionable plan. Mm-hmm. Second thing is make sure that you have a good network. You know, social media is an absolutely amazing place. You can always find someone who will be prepared to support or give you some guidance or advice. Mm-hmm. So use it because, boy, 15 years ago, did it exist? No. No. So yeah. starting a business, yeah, isn't as hard as it, it as it has been because we have access mm-hmm. to getting in someone's DM is so easy. Whether yes. they respond or not is another thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you've got to push through. Mm-hmm. So that would be my second thing. And then my third thing is be honest with yourself mm. in terms of your stop, start, your pivot. Because sometimes what I've seen is people continuing to push forward with something that has no legs. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, you know, sometimes something has legs and then the legs fall up, fall up, fall away. Mm-hmm. Be honest with yourself. You know, just be honest with yourself. And if you can't be honest with yourself, at least listen when you ask for advice yeah. on whether something is, is the right thing. Yeah. Um, so those would be my three, my three tips. Thank you. And, um, you and I have talked about um, podcasts that we enjoy. Could you share some podcasts or and or books or anything of that nature that has not just assisted you in times of need and in um, personal development, but also in times of joy? Okay, so my go-to podcast is Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. Yeah. Like, I think she interviews some amazing people mm-hmm. some people I've never ever heard of mm-hmm. but the wisdom is just 1,000 yeah 1,000 um, in terms of books oh my god I listen to books mm-hmm. um, and I have an array of books that I have listened to over the last couple of years but in terms of business books um, I would recommend um, the Lean Startup. So if you are starting a business, I would recommend you read the Lean Startup mm-hmm. um, by Eric Weiss. 
brilliant book, absolutely brilliant book, um, which will give you loads of tips in terms of how to start a business. Um, and then another book that I've read, which I absolutely loved, was The Year of Yes oh. by um, Shonda Wine. Mm-hmm. Oh, that book's amazing. Um, and amazing because it, it, it just teaches you that, do you know what, sometimes you can stand in your own way and you can be the, the, the block of your destiny. Absolutely. Sometimes you have to just, yeah, let go and yeah. let God. Yes. Know, and that sounds like a cliche, but it's just so true. I said this in a podcast with um, Karen Arthur that there would have been a point in time that I would have said that all of these are cliches, they're really American, but when you actually allow it to work for you, yes, they are cliches, but there's also truth in that cliche, I think, anyway. Yeah, 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 love that book. Yeah. My best friend and I were saying the other day that we're going to read the book together so that we can discuss it and uh, compare notes. So, I'm d- But I also have said to myself that I am not buying another book until I've read three books because I have got <laughs> okay. a bottom drawer and a shelf full of books. The moment somebody... And this damn podcast, people recommend books. Literally, whilst I'm on the podcast, I'm loading up my Amazon cart. So I need to actually start doing a bit more reading than 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 that, um, and I too love um, Super Soul Sunday. Um, I think it's a really great podcast. Um, do you have any things coming up that you would like to share with listeners? Okay, so I have my opening of my very premium on the 10th of November Woo-hoo-hoo. so if you are looking yeah if you are looking for a, a nice place to um, have treatments come to Even Grace um, we will also be having a um, sound bath gong um, gong bath um, event on the 15th of December I believe it's the 15th of December so the details will come out um, this week mm-hmm. um, and I think it's a great opportunity for those who have not experienced sound healing gong baths to come along and just be and experience the vibration and how it can support you in healing energetically um, 2019 I'm going to make sure that we've got loads of workshops mm-hmm. for people to come oh, lovely. and experience a different level of consciousness so yeah and um, back to your treatment think? room what will be offered within yes. that treatment room like massages and Ooh, stuff like that massages yes yeah. so we, we have we have um, uh, we have therapy and beauty so we will have um energy healing so i have a i have a shaman who will be in our um therapy room on a monday and can i pre-order you can (laughs) pre-order um (laughs) so she will do 
health kinesiology, she will do energy healing, um, shamanic healing. We also have the traditional um, massages like aromatherapy, um, Swedish, yeah, those types of therapy, yeah, and Reiki. We will have Reiki in the space. Lovely. So I think blessings upon blessings will continue to um, pour into even base. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm here supporting you, referring people in your direction. So even when I can't get there because I live in the back of nowhere, (laughs) I will send other people in your direction. So how can people keep up with you? What's your the best social media handle and your website? Okay, so even Grace's website is evengrace.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we are on all the platforms. So we are on Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, and Twitter under Evan Grace. Okay. Um, so we can be found there. I will put links to your website and your social media in the show notes. And um, I will also make a note about the treatments you're going to be offering and this sound bath event, which sounds just like just what I need because just doing OMS alone I find that mm-hmm. so therapeutic I don't know what will happen I'll be levitating in a sound bath I think <laughs> yeah Marsha we, we, we do we do we do thank you so much for your time I've really thank enjoyed you. speaking to you and um thank you for engaging in a conversation about diversity and wellness because I think sometimes it can be a bit nerve-wracking speaking your truth because people get offended really easily and it's that delicate balance sometimes between you know speaking your truth and thinking am I going to have people that hear one part of my message and switch off um Mm. So especially as a business owner, it can be really tricky. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you very much for that. Correct. And um, I will be definitely coming for treatments in that treatment room. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to 360 Conversations. I appreciate you sharing your precious time with my guest and I. I hope you found the episode useful. I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review my podcast like an increasing number of our digital experiences, the algorithms rule. Your feedback will assist me reaching a wider audience and I'd really love to have more women being privy to or joining these conversations. The feedback I get following each episode is beautiful and tells me more women could benefit. As always, I'd love to keep the conversation going. You can join me by commenting on the podcast show notes on my website or via social media at Live360. I hope to engage with you soon. Podcast produced by me, Tamu Thomas. Podcast music produced by James Anderson. Take care.